I'm seeing your prefrontal cortex growing as you speak. We got two more years. That's more early than most people. No, no, it's 25 for girls <laughs> and 27 for boys. Glad you know that. That's I'll remember that. What? You taught me that. <laughs> I, I keep pushing it back. Oh, geez. Hello, and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky. I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hello, Ingrid. Hi, Mom. How are you? I'm well back here in California. Mom's in a very fashionable turtleneck on the Zoom call. It's very cute. It's it's a cold day here in California. For California, it's uh, in the 50s. And it's sunny today, but it poured and rained and poured and rained all night last night. Well, you sent it to us because it's pouring, raining all day today, and it's 30 degrees. Oh, that's cold. Where are you? Could Could be snow a little bit. I am back in New York City. Yeah, that was Five a short, earlier short than visit. I expected to be. <laughs> that was a short visit to Virginia. Yeah, last time you heard us, listener, uh, we were in the same spot because mom came to visit me in Virginia for what we thought would be opening weekend of Bush Gardens. Um, and instead, the whole world got hit by COVID 19. So mom went home, and I went home to New York, and I'm so thankful to have a home here and to have Trader Joe's who has said, yep, come back. And I can work a remarkably normal schedule and a remarkably normal life, um, even though it's a little bit of a dangerous life through looking, interacting with all the people at Trader Joe's every day. Yes, you are considered a, an essential worker and you have added into your routine washing your hands 25 more times a day than you used to. Yep, yep. More vitamins, more washing the hands, less touching of the face. So, um, today's topic is stress, which hopefully will not be too stressful to listen to in this time where everyone's a little bit stressed. We want to talk about how we manage stress on our own, how we manage stress when we're together. Because last weekend we were together and you had a friend observe on the way home that we hadn't, well, you observed we hadn't been together during a stressful time in many years. Yeah, yeah. He said, hey, that sounds like a good podcast topic. And I thought, great, thank you. Because it did, it did kind of occur to me that for a couple of years at least, maybe four, I don't know, I haven't really been home or in the same place as you physically when I have been in a really stressful spot. So I'm used to calling you on the phone, but there's a lot of other time during the day when I'm not on the phone with you. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm used to being alone with my thoughts and thinking it through and journaling and talking to a friend or whatever, and possibly just not noticing it quite so much because mm-hmm. it's easier to push something away when you're the only person in the room, I guess. Easier to fall into patterns of like numbing. But you were with me in Virginia on the weekend when you were trying to make sure that you had a flight home, which was stressful on your end and stressful for me as we figured it out, Mm -hmm. and where I was trying to figure out what to do for the next six months because I had planned to be in Virginia that whole time, and then they said they weren't going to pay us because we couldn't perform. Mm. 
and I was trying to decide, okay, do I stay in Virginia and like work at this Trader Joe's when I don't have any transportation? And so, and I really felt stressed during that time. And I noticed how incapable I was of having other conversations (laughs) without Hmm. bringing it back every few minutes to another thought I had had on the spectrum of how to work with Trader Joe's. And I wondered if that was annoying to you because you kept having, like, wanting to have a conversation about Gettys, not Gettysburg, we weren't there. We were in Colonial Williamsburg about Williamsburg (laughs) or, like, wherever we, just things around us, light, whatever. And I just felt like every few minutes I had another thought of, like, oh, wait, I'm I'm almost done with the pay period and are they going to be able to transfer me back? And, oh, what about the train? Or I just had more and more thoughts and I had a hard time setting it aside. And I felt physically stressed when that's like the big deal for me. I, I think about my physical body pretty often. So I, I knew that my stomach was tight and that my, my back was kind of spasming as I like worked through those three days of unknown. So it occurred to me, or this might have been like the first time where me as more of an adult was working on stress with you also there. Did it bother you like as you started to notice that you were bringing it to me? Did it bother you to bring it, bring your stress to me or to have a conversation with me about it? No, no, not at all. It was kind of refreshing because it had been a long time since I'd been able to run to mom <laughs> and be comforted so, so physically like that. And it, I guess it just, it was different enough in life for it to occur to me that it mm. felt different to have you right next to me physically to kind of literally walk through life for a few days, Mm -hmm. which is like a physical comfort to lean on, but it didn't feel so second nature. I guess I had to like remember that I could lean on you because you were right there the whole Mm -hmm. time. And I was like, oh, oh, it is okay to like not know the answer. It is okay to give you an extra hug, like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. because that hasn't been in my daily experience. Yeah, it hasn't been in my daily experience the last three years. Some people would feel talking to their adult parent, as an adult talking to their parent, that their parent added stress to the situation. Did you feel like I added stress to your situation? Oh, I'm glad that that you're aware of that. (laughs) (laughs) No, in this sense, I I didn't. Um, It is true that sometimes that happens. (laughs) I was trying to think about other times when we've been literally together the last three years where I might have also had this experience. And there has been stressful points but they haven't felt so specific or like starkly put in one category as this kind of a stress of like fear of the unknown. Because mm-hmm. other times that mm-hmm. we've shared stress in person, it's like a family fight, which just happens. So, you know, in this case, I didn't feel more stressed by you because you weren't inundating me with questions that only I could answer. Or like, I don't know, I felt like it was a good measure of it's your decision. You didn't press me to have an answer right away. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you didn't give your opinion before I asked for it, which is a huge thing in our relationship. That's changed. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> which is so cool because I didn't even notice that that's exactly what it was. So thank you. <laughs> that, that's changed, you say? I used to give my opinion a little too more freely. Um, I guess it depends on the situation. But yeah, that in the past was like, a now I feel pressured to do exactly what I know that you want me to say or do. This is what... I think you should do. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and you definitely, like, you were there with uh, an opinion, but I knew that I needed to ask for it before you, I didn't feel really pressured to do anything specific. 
So then I then I could we could just both be in it and and look for all the options. And you mm-hmm. were a good sounding board for me. Because you allowed me every few minutes to say, mm-hmm. oh, I have another thought. And basically, I guess, um, some of the things that I would do just on my own, I talk to myself a lot. Instead, I just talked to you. <laughs> mm. Okay, this is what I'm going to go. I need These are the yeah. questions I need to ask Trader Joe's. I'm going to write them all down, and then we can go in and... You know, and you were just very supportive in like letting me get through that whole process. It did give me peace of mind to see you write down your questions rather than just have them out in the air and rely on your memory to remember them when you got to Trader Joe's. And uh, it did give me peace of mind to have you go in and, and talk to them and be proactive. So you did a lot of things that gave me peace of mind. And I did make suggestions along the way. I said, you know, why don't you Mm -hmm. call this person or text this person that you think you might live with? Why don't you find out where they live? Because that'll give you information into your decision. Yeah, you helped me think it through. So I didn't help you make your decision. I, I, I helped you be a detective to find information. Yeah, which is so different. And so empowering. And I mean, you you have done that my whole life in different ways, even as much as just let's think through how long each piece of homework is going to take and how do you get there? (laughs) Or Mm. in your research paper, like, okay, write down all the questions that you'll need to find at the end of your research paper and write them down first so you know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. You saying you felt peace of mind when I did all those steps, I would describe as me just doing the things that you've you've taught me to do. So the, the passage has been complete in that. I guess. Good job. You taught me well. well. What was that like for you when I was feeling stressed because I realized my first flight was canceled and I had to reschedule my flight and I was trying to decide which flight I was going to take? I think one difference between the mom side and the daughter side as we like learn how to sort of grow into adult an adult relationship is that you have already spent a lot of years of your life practicing doing things on your own. So it doesn't occur to you, perhaps, to like look at me and ask for like my shoulder to lean on in the same way that it occurred mm. to me to do that. Mm. But I didn't feel like you couldn't, you know, or whatever. Um, I I just recognized that that would look different. Like you, I didn't push you away though. No, no, exactly. You didn't need me to like talk through the steps to to get somewhere the way I did with you. You had them in your head a little bit more and you just sort of started on the road. So I watched that happen and noticed that you weren't really engaging with me in a a conversation or wanting to do something. And that morning we were like sitting in the hotel room and you were sort of furiously on your phone. Yeah, because I was sorting out which flight I was going to take. So I just let, let you finish that whole thing and then you called dad. Who is your biggest Yeah, my system. response. Well, my response to the stress, yeah, was to call dad to seek input because right. in a point of stress, that's definitely what I do. And I knew that dad being a million mile flyer <laughs> right. would have lots of experience with uh, canceled flights and rescheduling. And my concern last week was flying through Chicago partly because of the weather. And I know that Chicago has kind of an, is notorious for cancellations itself. And also 
planes being rerouted there and hearing, reading the news report that it's, uh, it was super crowded in Chicago and lots and lots of people not feeling like wanting to walk through lots of people. Like where else could I fly? So I was looking at all the different airports and me in my, uh, disinterest in flying through turbulence and storms, I was checking the weather across the country. Like, is there, cause I could have flown through Dallas. Are there, but are there thunderstorms in Dallas? Are there thunderstorms on the way to Dallas? <laughs> are there thunderstorms in Philadelphia? Should I fly to Philadelphia? Would that make my flight longer? Like I was calculating all those things in my head. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, pro- I'm yeah, sure so I, I wasn't saying that out loud though. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't saying quite so much of that out loud. I mean, it was evident that like the people thing was a concern for you because that's something that you mentioned multiple times throughout the day. Yeah. But we, we both sort of allowed each other to express those things. Mm-hmm. Something dad and I have learned about and discussed this year, I've kind of used as a phrase as we've gone through life together, is being able to be the container for someone else's emotions without mm. mixing in my emotions into the bowl. Wow, that's tricky. It's super tricky. Uh, I will say the idea in part came from, again, the book I refer to frequently, The Yes Brain by Dan Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson, which we'll link, (laughs) again, is uh, that you can be the spectator and the player in your game of life. And to be the spectator means that you're able to kind of sit up and watch your experience, which you describe being able to do by being very aware of how your body feels in the midst of it and and thinking about what you're thinking like you were thinking about am I talking about this too much so I have grown in my awareness of what my experience is and how I'm feeling a little bit I still say I could grow some more because when I'm in the midst of my stress I'm not always completely aware of how I'm feeling, like the tension in my body or what mm. I'm doing or what I'm saying, or but I'm becoming more aware of it. My response typically to stress is to with, withdraw into a hole, kind of like, or into my head, but like a turtle. Like I would withdraw into my head and look at everything inside my shell <laughs> rather than talk. And then... I would do that, but actually I do seek input from other places, but from sources. Yeah, I guess if that, you were going to extend that analogy, you're the metaphor. turtle inside your shell, like calling to other people saying, just tell me when it's okay to come out. Is it okay now? If you do this, is it okay? Yeah. Like, that's sort of the input. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I definitely do research from factual sources. I look to factual mm-hmm. sources and I look to yeah, the ex- really trust. experience, you know, the experienced resources of not experts, but people who have far more experience. So in that case, daddy. But it was, I will say, really nice to have you there just as a calm presence while I was going through my decision-making process and and you weren't harboring me, but you were there. It's, it's nice to be in the presence of a calm person when you're going through someone's thing stressful and, and a person that's not necessarily interrogating, but is able to be there beside you quietly. Yeah. The the other presence, the just being with is a is a big gift. I think that's what I noticed because I can always and I do usually call you on the phone or call dad or ask for help through a situation. But then this time we again got to just be together. Yeah. One of uh, the nice times that we got to be together is when we walked across the street to the horse field and leaned over the fence and pet the nose yeah. of the horse and 
looked at the geese walking on the That's, ground. Yeah. Uh, that was pleasant. And when we walked through Colonial Williamsburg, just the mile down the Colonial Williamsburg, looking for a place to eat <laughs> that hadn't been closed. It was such a long day of decisions, but, and I still had a decision to make about Trader Joe's, and you finally had your flight, and you had just printed out your boarding pass. And I, th- I think you mentioned mm-hmm. we walked up to the horses, because it's always exciting to say hi to horses. And, and you were like, oh, it's a little bit of animal therapy. Yeah. And just like hearing those words was a good reminder. That's right. To allow that to heal a little bit. Like take a deep breath and um, yeah. use whatever we we had around us at the time to take a deep breath. Yeah. So I thought to myself um, as I was thinking about like, oh, am I talking too much or about about my decision or is it annoying for me to have to harbor back on this when we're trying to enjoy the time we have together and things? I wondered how that experience of this weekend compared to our experiences growing up. Like, were there things this time around that you saw in me as we were, like, physically together and were sort of telltale signs of, oh, Ingrid is stressed now because I've seen Ingrid for 23 years and this is what she's like when she's stressed and like, okay, this is what I do when Ingrid's stressed. This is how I help her out. Or or did it feel different? I don't know. I just... Well, that's interesting. I don't know if it's uh, me being obtuse and kind of not as aware of what other people's experiences are around me. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I am, like I, I don't realize, oh, they could be stressed. It's not my first thought that... Especially if I'm with people that I don't think of as being stressed too often. Mm. Oh, um, that's true. So I don't think of you being stressed because you tend to tend to handle it in stride and you still make healthy decisions along the way. Sometimes people that are stressed are obvious because they're stressed. So they just are stress, stress eaters or, you know, they're more angry and it's a little bit, it's more obvious. So I don't, it wasn't super obvious that you were stressed. When I notice you coming back to things, I, it was a conscious effort not to say, this is what I think you should do. Like the should, it's, it's a con- conscious effort not to do. And it's probably a conscious effort to think of like what what other stress relieving things could could we do and knowing that going outside and looking at animals is is a healthy thing and then we can be alongside each other without having to have a intense conversation where your mind would be preoccupied anyway so that was I, I was that was conscious. I think in the past, when you were in high school and I see you be stressed, or in the summer when I'd see you be stressed, I think that you were a little bit more to yourself, maybe going into your room and doing your own thing. So I, you know, it, I, you were probably not as gracious. <laughs> I think that's what yes. I would say. You were a little bit more rude and a little bit more to yourself. So. Being having you be able to be stressed and yet still be with me was pleasant, which might just speak to circumstance. I'm I'm I hope I'm more conscious of being rude and like trying not to do that so much <laughs> as I grow up. Um, but also, I bet that circumstance because growing up, I was in a house of five people, and yeah, I probably like f- needed to find shelter to go <laughs> like sit by myself and think through it a minute versus when I'm just with you either I can I can spend all my energy with you it wasn't just me asking you questions it was a lot of people getting in your face I think that's true 
I think also just in my own personal growth, I, I, yeah, I think I put hopefully less pressure on myself to know, to have an answer right away. I think growing up, there was a little complex inside me that said, if I want to always do things perfectly, I have to know the answer right away because I did in school, you know, the move to New York has really been helpful there because it's the first time in my life that I, I don't know what the future holds. And I've always like planned out everything in life from elementary schools through college. But when I graduated college, it was like, oh, okay. Um, I know I want to be an actor and the rest of that part of my life is pretty relying upon other people's decisions <laughs> about what kind of jobs I'll have. So here I am. And that ability to like sort of take one day at a time, I think was probably helpful in this sort of a stress situation because I did give myself a full three days to think about it, knowing that it was possible to leave Virginia at any time if I needed to, you know. I did want to say uh, about you, you said like maybe it's that you're obtuse, that you don't notice when people are stressed right away. Um, but I do think there there is a gift about that too because it's possible since you did mention that part of it's just that I'm not a very stressed out person usually, so that's not something you are expecting from me all the time. It's kind of nice to know that you aren't looking at me all the time saying, oh, like, I know how to fix her, or, like, as if you're sort of, like, the master of Ingrid's moods, which I'm sure you are in a lot of ways. But to take it one day at a time, and I think that, like, says, says that you're more in the present. Yes. My perception of you as being one that is quick to the answer and, like, ready with an answer all the time. I do know what it's like to be in the presence of people where I am constantly taking their temperature and gauging my response in response to them, which is exhausting, but it is a requirement of many adult experiences. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad that I am not a person like that for you. <laughs> well, that is a sign of a lot of growth. Not not to say that you weren't there anyway. Maybe you were born more the, aware of that, but I don't know. I would say you've grown in your awareness of how mm -hmm. you present yourself when you're stressed. It's definitely a maturing sign, and it's something that I'm maturing in a lot to be able to say, this situation stresses me out. <laughs> yeah, to use your words first. Totally. Yeah, use your words. That's something we would talk about as children. Do you remember me saying yeah. that to you? Oh, yeah. Use your words, use your words all the time. But that's hard to do. Yeah, stress is a kind of funny thing because unlike sadness or even maybe anger, although anger is less, you're less able to deal with that in the moment anyway. Mm -hmm. Stress is not one of those things that you can look at someone else and help in the moment, I feel. For the most part. Right. I guess, like, if you're having an anxiety attack, you can you can help someone by, like, pointing out concrete things and et cetera. But stress does seem like one of those things where, like, at least growing up, for me, like, once I noticed that you were in a really stressful position, there was no, like, talking through it. It was like, all right, that's going to run its course, and then we can come back and talk about how to deal with it better next time. Do you feel like that's true? When I, when I was in that space... In the past? Uh, that's just the experience that I have. Yeah, like me growing up watching you be stressed. But I, it, was that the same for you 
watching me be stressed was a lot of like, she's already rude. I'm not going to fight this battle till she's gone. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Well, that's what I would call being in the red zone or the blue zone. So if on the yes brain concept, your autonomic nervous system, when I was in the parasympathetic nervous system, which was the flights, uh-huh. I didn't feel safe in some kind of a situation. And stress is is typically a sign that we don't feel safe in some way. We don't feel safe with what's happening next in life. So definitely in my life, I would have been, well, I've been equal, probably equally both freeze and, and fight, freeze and flee or fight. And I'm not a pleasant person to be around when I'm in the, one of those zones. Right. No one is. We all, that's part of it. But I don't stay in those zones as long as I used to. Definitely. I'm Mm. able to move back. True. The whole concept of returning to joy. Am I able to return to joy after stress? I'm actively working on that. I actively think about that. That's a concept that I've actively thought about. I read a beautiful quote this week by Henry David Thoreau that said, to affect the quality of the day is the highest of arts. Wow. So isn't that beautiful? There's a Wisdom Wednesday quote for you. It totally I, is. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> in the past week, because I just read it last week, I've thought about it many times about what am I presenting to the people in my midst. And most of the time right now, there's only four people in my midst. Right. <laughs> so how am I affecting the quality of the day with myself and with those other few people in my midst? Well, that is a good quote, a thought-provoking quote, because affecting the quality of the day could be negative or positive. Totally. Totally. Well, absolutely. You affect the quality. Are you, are you like Winnie the Pooh? Are you bringing a little rain cloud with you? Mm. <laughs> are you bringing a sunshine? And yeah. I hope that I am a person, you know, that everybody does, I imagine, wants to be the one that brings the sunshine. But how yeah. does that look in different people's experiences? That is what, what makes it an art. Yeah, right. I might have sunshine in my life, but bringing it to you in your experience in the moment will be different with different people, which is that's definitely an adult maturing brain kind of thing to do. Yeah, I think most adult maturing brain things have something to do with looking at other people before you look at yourself or as much as you look at yourself. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's one uh, of the parenting studies we teach from is called the maturity model. And I've talked about this before, but there's the adult level of maturity. So there's the child and then there's the adult level of maturity. They don't include teenager in there. You're you're lumped in the children. <laughs> uh, adult is learning how to take care of yourself. The next level is parenting. Mm. And then the last level, the years become broader yeah. as the time goes on. Well, it might be, it's not called grandparenting, but it it's something after parenting. The wise old sage. <laughs> Old was not in the description. The wise sage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you're supposed to move through each level. And if you get stuck at any level, then you kind of become a problem in some regards to other people. Yeah. Even if you get stuck in the the parenting level versus the elderhood. I think it's just called elderhood. I like that. Um, An elder. Because elders are like the wisdom of the community. They they sort of sit on the boards and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So if you get stuck in the parenting, then... And you're problem solving and you might be trying to fix and micromanage your own small 
family mm-hmm. versus being an elder is being able to reach out to other people in the community. It's like a, a wider view. Yeah, you don't do it as often. You do it on occasion. And I know from experience that trying to skip the adult step and just become a parent when you're still a child is equally infuriating to other people and not healthy. <laughs> I have to say, poor Ingrid, you've been accused of that since you were 10. Look, it's not always an empty accusation, so... You know what, though? It is kind of the nature of who you are. I mean, not just you, but... Well, here, this will sound a little gender-specific, but in play, your dad studies play because he's a toy maker. Yes. In play, girl play is relational and is um, nurturing. Yeah. That's the nature of girl play. So when toys toys are made, they're they're made with a nurturing factor in mind. I'm okay if my tribe is okay. Right, right. Not the other way around where boy play, the nature of boy play is my tribe is okay if I'm okay. Right. And it is the nature of play. So you fell wholly into the center of that yeah. model. If your tribe is okay, you're okay. Yeah, yeah right. That's 100% So true. I don't fault you for that. You just, you lived into your role. You've always been an actor. I, I, will, I was going to say that. <laughs> and you, I think like that, you lived into that role. Yeah, I think that, that role, I totally will answer an expectation. Plus, sort of the mind of an actor from a young age just really wants to look at the whole world and and comment on things and I, I was like always aware of other people's behavior and emotions and I was always like pulling together facts in my head to mm-hmm. describe something and when you are really aware of other people and other situations you you do have a lot of facts at the ready to say well let me describe to you why this is a problem <laughs> and because I've been putting together a dissertation in my head of this whole situation I can also tell you how to fix it that's also because you're five on yeah. the Enneagram, you're a thinker, you're, you, you like input, you like learning. Those are all your strengths. And so, yeah, it does go together. What would you say is the attribute or characteristic that you've grown in or learned that has changed that a little bit? I think I've grown in humility. Mm. And I think the, the sort of blind spot, ironically, is the flag for when someone else is open to input. Self-control. Yeah, you're right. Self-control. Impulse inhibition. Yeah. So I know all these facts, but is it helpful to say? And we all learned this year, and Dad has reminded me of it a few times, the big helpful set of questions to ask is... Is it true? Ah. Does it need to be said? Am I the one that needs to say it? Is it true? Does it need to be said? Am I the one that needs to say it? That is the hardest bite-your-tongue activity of a parent <laughs> and and honestly, like maybe part of this is a firstborn thing too. I learned a lot a couple years ahead of my sisters and it was hard to watch them and be like, I can just tell you how to f- learn this lesson. Don't do that now. But they had, they had, you know, they got to live their own lives. That is a distinction of intentional parenting because anybody can fly off the handle and say something like you would want to be like, no, this is the way you should do it. Yeah. But to be able to say in my head, this is true. This does need to be said, but I'm not the one to say it. And more often than not, the older you get, this is one of the hardest parts of parenting an adult is I'm not the one to say it because you will learn Mm -hmm. it faster and more thoroughly if it doesn't come from me. When we see a little child learn to walk, 
and run and their feet get tripped up under them. We might be inclined to say, don't run. But more often than not, we're just like, okay, they're going to run and they're going to trip and skin their knee. And that's the way they'll learn not to run right there because the ground is uneven. But that's hard to say Mm -hmm. to have that inhibition control as an adult for your adult children. Yeah, because the the circumstances and the ramifications are a little bit harder and bigger and deeper than than a scraped knee. Which also is one of the ways that I think through that in a conversation with someone that I know Mm -hmm. I have a lot of input for (laughs) is to use my love for thinking through all of the scenarios and being able to describe a situation to project through if I gave that input right now. Do you do that now? Yeah, sometimes. I I was talking to Mm. someone the other day who was going through a breakup. She's in like the very first day of the breakup. And all I wanted to do was like talk her through the fact that she's better this way. But that's not what someone wants to hear in the very first day of their heartbreak. It took a lot of self-control for me to be like, all right, this is not the time for me to say this. But... It helped to think through, like, if I did say this right now, what would her response be? Her response would be to argue back with me, and then all of a sudden I would be the bad guy in this situation too, and she would be revved up even more to go, like, try to get him back. So that's not helpful. And and thinking through all those steps helped me to have self-control in the first place. Wow, that's really impressive. I'm seeing your prefrontal cortex growing as you speak. we got two more years. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, you're going to be there when you're 25? Hmm, that's more early than most people. No, no, it's 25 for girls and 27 for boys, <laughs> statistically speaking. Glad you know that. That's, I'll remember that. <laughs> you taught me that. I, I keep pushing it back. The kids oh, are older. No, no, just, it's all right. You're just like dad with marrying people. Oh, yeah, now you have to be 35. I was like, ah, oh, 25. Uh, now, now I have to be 30. Now I have to be, <laughs> Dad's not really it's, like that, but it's in sorry. a joking manner. It's not because of you. It's because of the boys in your midst. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really encouraging to see how you deal with stress, and I, I didn't mind being with you in the midst of it. It was really pleasant to be in person with you, and I'm glad for me that I have grown in my inhibition control as well and not saying, yeah, giving you all the problem solving, not interrogating questions all the time and being able to hold space and hold your emotions without mixing them with mine, mixing up the anxiety and stress, but just saying them, seeing it out in front of us. Yeah, I'm thankful that we were together. I think that was a big gift and a, a kind of cool thing to be able to experience so that we could have a moment to reflect on the ways that we've grown. Yes. Good job, Ingrid. Thumbs up to you. Good job to you. High five distance. High five. Now everybody in the world is giving distance high fives. Yes. And air hugs. (laughs) I came back to Trader Joe's and it was so exciting to see all my friends, but I had to give them all air hugs from across the room. That's right. Well, continue to be well. Thank you. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. All words, hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.